and welcome back to the Book and Life podcast with your host today, Crystal Fleming. And it's my absolute joy to have this fellow writer on my show. You know, it's a. I always feel grateful when I have a fellow Shetlander on because it feels like we're together and we're doing this incredible um, feat together. And it's, yeah, it's just really cool. So. With that being said, I need to do the ads for today, and you know who they are. It's Marianne Curley's book four of the Shadow Guardian series. Um, so let's just have a listen to the blurb. The Shadow is the name of the book. The battle is over, the war is won, the prophecy complete, but life can't just pick up where it left off for Ethan, struggling to cope, try with tragic loss at odds with friends in the guard he finds himself adrift jumping at shadows and sensing someone who can't possibly be there blaming herself a god of Athena's death Giselle's wish revenge and followed by the immortals plan for world domination but Giselle hadn't planned on love and that leaves her with an unbearable choice should she follow her heart or the strings of goddess short on praise but high on expectation who continues to pull her from the grave as the guard and the order battles through the past and into an impossible future, darkness lurks around every corner. The fight for the world's survival rests with just one. Is it friend or foe who stands in the shadow? The Price of Freedom by Rosemary Rao is one of her roving British crime series novels um, under her maiden name. All editions can be found online and all proceeds are being donated to the Ukraine crisis along with her agent's commission. So now I am more than honoured and delighted to introduce to you Chris Tate. And And now now I have the distinct pleasure pleasure of of interviewing and having a conversation conversation with a fellow fellow Shetlander Shetlander known as Chris Chris Tate. Tate. Welcome Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes. I'm a poet, playwright, and spoken word artist. Yeah, and those yeah, are actually harder than people realize. realize. I don't think, I don't like, think like, so, so, so could you, so like, could you maybe, explain maybe explain to people what that, what that entails? Sure. Well, I've just recorded an audio play. I got some funding, and I was able to record it at the Devil Tree Theatre in Carnoustie. And um, I wanted the actors to be paid. That's something I always insist. So I was encouraged yeah, yeah. to apply for funding. And I was able to give um, actors the opportunity in the Dundee, Perth and Angus area. And as well, I was able to employ um, like photographers and a fiddle player for Shetland and a video artist. So my um, play is called A Toon Built A Shenanigans. And it's about three characters, a butcher, a baker, and a candlestick maker. And they each have disabilities, and they really struggle to get jobs. So they find a book written by a character called Diablo, and this inspires them. They think it's like the Holy Grail, and they sail in a gravy boat to Shetland. And when they're there, they really struggle financially and to get jobs. So they get into trouble, and they rob a bank. And then they're saved by their friend Pinocchio. He leads them astray too. But um, there's a cook kiss. And then um, Pinocchio's mom is old Mother Hubbard and his dad is Scrooge. And eventually they get support and opportunities. And the other thing that I do is, as a spoken word artist, then I read 
at events and I go to writers' groups and I read at gigs and festivals across Scotland. And one project that I did was I got a commission to think of innovative ways to preserve oral traditions in endangered communities. So I wrote a piece called Literary Skullduggery and that's Shetland's history as a narrative poem. And I started off taking snippets of Gothic folk tales and mixing them with poems. And I wrote yeah. some poems about castles that fell to ruins. They were called like Beelzebub and his minions. One about the capital. One called the Stone Solitaire Islands about um, a skeletal Viking. And that's right, um, that's right. one about the clearances. That was called the Fiddler Yo. And that was about um, a fiddle playing Yo um, leading people astray. Then I typed yeah. it in an old-fashioned font and presented it as a manuscript. Oh, wow. wow. And how are you and getting, getting, on, getting with on with that? Well, that one I finished, and it's something that I read at events, and I'll be publishing that next. That's the next thing I want to do. I have an excellent publisher that I would recommend, called Mary Turner Thompson, and she's with All the right. Prosperous. And she um, published my book, The Atoon Built of Shenanigans, and it's available on Amazon. Wow. wow. And I, and I, I have, heard, have of heard of her, and I do, and recommend, I do her. recommend her. She's, she's, she's really a really lovely woman. woman. And I think, and I think she's, she's great, great because, she because she accepts all of us as we are, and there's no... There's no, There's kind, no of, kind of, you know, she you doesn't, know, she worry, doesn't about worry about our learning disabilities, disabilities or, or our physical, physical disabilities. disabilities. She's very she's kind, of kind of down to earth and very lovely. Very lovely. Um, um, I, myself I myself have actually, actually considered, considered maybe sending her stuff. I just haven't had the, you know, the confidence yet, but I do. I maybe might send her one of my crime novels, you never know. Because um, um, I I've, I've never I, written I, crime never before, written crime so before, I, I teamed so up I with a, up an American, American uh, detective, detective actually, actually. And, uh, and he's helping, he's me, helping write me write this this novel, this novel um, uh, set in Shetland, set in Shetland but with an, American, with an crime. American crime. So, so yeah, it's yeah, a, it's so very it's interesting. interesting. So, so I, I, I I'm dipping my toe in lots of different things, and I'm sure you do the same. Um, yes, you're right. I am. Um, my writing is very experimental, so I like using old and new words, mixing genres, yep, yep. tacking characters for fairy tales, um, rhyming slang, and mixing them together. So yes, I would say I do that very much. So I try to be open to whatever I hear or read in magazines and adverts and conversations and signs. So yes, that's right. We'll have to get you to write some stories stories about about what it's like to be a young young actress on a Shetland stage stage where everybody everybody knows you. you. (laughs) And if you make a mistake, they tell you. (laughs) Oh, yes, that's very true, yeah. Yes, um, That would be a good one, one, actually, actually, yeah. Definitely. Yes, with um, Shetland Youth Theatre, I was in Macbeth. I played a witch in a castle at Scalwa, and that was really good fun. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was um, as, um, you know, as you know, I was, I was in with Lizzie, Lizzie Swanson's, Swanson's young Larry group. group. Yeah, and I actually, I actually started with her with when, I was, when eight, I was eight, with, with <laughs> a bit of an awkward <laughs> age. Um, um, and I actually, and I actually worked, worked with John, with John right, up right up till I was eighteen, and I left just as I was turning nineteen. And I did performances in Edinburgh with him. Um, um, I, was I was in, in do you remember, do you remember the, ice the Ice Palace, Palace one, one where, where the girl, the girl it's a story about two girls, girls and one girl gets, falls, falls in the, in the gets locked in an ice, ice palace, palace and it's all, and it's all about, about 
the kids searching for and things like that. Yes, I didn't see it, but that would be um, a really good plot. That sounds like yeah, an excellent yeah. story. It, it was a Norwegian writer, and so we did that play, and we ended up going to Edinburgh with it. And I played the girl trapped in the ice, which is my role. Um, and yeah, it was it was really good, and I I think I did quite a few different plays with with John, and I did a. What's known as, as, um, um, we did like a free free standing one where where there was no script, we wrote the script as we went along along kind of thing. Um, Um, So that was was interesting. interesting. I'd never done that before and that was quite testing, I must admit, because we all tried to remember what our lines were, but we hadn't written it down, so it was all kind of fun and games. So yeah, we did that and... Izzy had me play uh, one of the big roles in her Selkie story. Oh, yeah. Because we had a dropout last minute. As happens in youth year, somebody gets sick and can't do it. So I had 24 hours to learn one of the lines. And I was like, oh, no, no. That's amazing. I managed it. I managed it. I must admit. So, yeah. And I like to improvise, and because in my own play that just been it's just been recorded the actors improvised as part of the rehearsals and it was surprising what they could come up with so that is an excellent um exercise it was and i think think as teenagers because we all had different different sort of ideas ideas and thoughts and and things things. it it helped us all kind of of I don't want to say blend together, blend together, but, but that but is that what is we did. It kind of united, united us a little, little bit because, because some of us some were from Larwick, some of them was from the west side, some of them was from up north, so it was, so and some of them were from Sudan, so we were all kind of from different areas and we didn't really know each other. Yeah, it was really good. And John always had some interesting exercises that he liked to use. We did trap. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he we, is. We, we did trapped, did trapped in, in, uh, in, ice. in ice. We did like we did, this like, little this container little where you were trapped in this container and you'd convince him to let you out. So you had to sort of, but you couldn't talk. So you had to mind things to try and get him to convince you to let him out. That one always stuck with me because he did that one quite a few times. So yeah, I was always one of the second or third people that managed to get it. I see. That sounds very thought-provoking. It is. It was was very, you know, you you really had to think it through. You know, you had some people trying to dig out, and he's like, oh, no, you can't dig out. And then we had some people trying to break the glass, and he was saying, you can't break the glass. And, you know, there was like, you never quite knew what the rules were going to be every time he did it. So you kind of had to go on the fly a little bit and just hope you got to the opposite end. Oh, yeah. So we're going to so talk, talk about some books that you've been reading, reading um, um, as the next, as the next portion, portion of the podcast. Of the podcast. Um, um, now, this is now kind this of where, is kind of where we, talk we talk about things that we've enjoyed reading, reading or we've been thinking, thinking about, because, because one of the things that I know for certain with my dyslexia and my disabilities is that I have to constantly read to keep on top of my dyslexia and to help with my creative process and just so I understand what books are out there, what people are reading and what people are enjoying and kind of to help guide me with my own writing. 
So what so book what have you have read, read recently, recently that you would have said has stuck to you the most? Well, there was one book I read called Wales or the Unexpected, and it was a book about Dal's childhood in Wales and how that influenced his writing. Because as an adult, he wrote um, Tales of the Unexpected, so that's kind of a play on the title. And it gives you a background of what inspired his titles and the plots for his stories and why he was so inclined towards magic and his parents were Norwegian so his stories are like Norwegian folk tales turned upside down with trows and giants and stuff and I've read all his biographies and autobiographies and this story just this book just totally encapsulated um him as a a person and his connection to Dylan Thomas, he was so inspired by his work and he wrote in a shade, in a boathouse, so Roald Dahl wanted to write in a shade too and I think that that um, encouraged his creativity. So that's a book that I would really recommend. That's a really good one, yeah. I think there's so there's many so different, many books, different out books out there, out there now, now. Yes. that you just, you just never just quite never know when you're picking when you're up, picking up. is this going to be a good one, is this one for me? So it's good to start here from other people, like what they're enjoying or what they're reading. I myself have been reading Forever by Maggie Stathier. Um, um, and it's and uh, it's, uh, it's just a it's werewolf, just a werewolf book. book. It's about you know, you know this, this curse where, where uh, some, uh, of, some them of them have become werewolves, and, and then they came then they up came with this, up idea, this to idea to stop them turning them into werewolves. Into werewolves. Um, um, but now but it seems now to it be seems making, them, making sick, them sick, so they're trying so they're to figure out a way to cure it. And yeah, it seems to be a really good adventure story so far. Yeah. So if you so could if you sit could with, sit anyone, with anyone, um, for any for amount of time, time and just, and just talk, talk, what, what author, author out of everybody, everybody in, the world, in the world would you pick, would you pick past or past present, they could be alive or dead, would you pick to sit and talk to? Well, again, I would love to have met Roald Dahl. Um, he was just yeah. such an inspiring yeah. man, how he could spin magic in everything. He had so many interests and hobbies. He um, wrote books that'll always be classics. How he came up with characters and observations and all these funny and amazing names and titles. And um, I think that he would probably be interested in what I said. So um, I would find it a comfort. And um, I think that he thought like a magician and... um, we would have a, a lot in common and he was really cheeky and um, he was yeah yes yes so I'm um, all around I think yes my childhood hero and 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 that would have yeah I just love to have met him yeah I yeah, think he would have had some fun stories that maybe that hadn't, hadn't told, told yet, yet. Yes. that we could yes. yeah we yeah, could definitely, we definitely uh, yeah. learn, learn from, from I think that's a good that's way of putting, way of putting it. it very much so what author, what author would you would say, you say past, or past or present, who's influenced, influenced inspired, inspired, made you excited, excited not just about just books, books, but writing, but writing and, and the, spoken the spoken word in, word general. in general? Well, Dylan Thomas is um, a Welsh poet, and he um, put a lot of thought into his work. He, too, experimented with wordplay, and um, he was very observant. He did really unexpected things with words. He's very influential. Um, I think that he always will be. And I would love to think that my writing, well, it's definitely influenced by him. So 
I would, I just think that he's um, another hero. He he definitely he's is. He's a really, a good, really one, good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's a. I would say he's a pioneer that yes. people don't people necessarily, don't necessarily know, know a lot about. Yes. And I think and that's I think a really, that's good, really thing. good one, and it's good that you've chosen him for the podcast because otherwise, otherwise he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have really been mentioned. I don't think by anybody. So yeah, that was really good. Yeah, thank you. And Under Milk Wood was very in- influential in my play. That was one of the, the things that encouraged me to write the play because it was it made me think of a village in Shetland. And yes, yes. yeah, really talented man. You could go, you could back, go in back in time and you could go, back, could to go back to any time. Any time. What time, what would, time you would you go back to? And would you go back as a writer? Yes, I would definitely go back to Victorian times because there was Addie's inventions and there was writers like Oscar Wilde and I um, understand his uh, approach with fairy tales and um, mm-hmm. Dickens who had this amazing books that he wrote like Great Expectations and A Christmas Carol and uh, Alice in Wonderland was too by Lewis Carroll and that's um, a very influential book with characters again and games and I've read a lot about the man that wrote its background and he spent a lot of time in the northeast of England so there's a book called Alice in Sunderland and that explains how he was influenced by the dialect and yeah. stuff and that comes through in his books so um, it's very cleverly written and I think that that would be such a, a very inspiring time yeah, no, yeah, I mean, no, for I mean, me, it was, me, always, it was Victorian always Victorian times, times I must admit, and I would, and I would want to go back as a writer, and I think because, because um, Mary, Mary Bunton, Bunton uh, who's, uh, who's a very, very uh, not very not famous, famous, I should say, Orkney, Orkney writer, writer was, was the inspiration, the inspiration for, for um, Jane Austen, believe it or not, so I wonder if, you know, being back there in that time as a writer, I can maybe add Shetland to that list of famous Writers, writers. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would go, I would back, go and back and definitely try and, and uh, make Shetland famous, famous uh, uh, for that. It's really interesting, yeah. Yeah, that's nice to yeah. know. Yeah, it yeah, was it's very, very. I didn't, I realize, didn't realize that, that Mary Bunton had actually gone and, you know, been the inspiration for Jane. In fact, what she inspired was that cheekiness, that sarcasm that she has. In, in her work, her work. And, and you know that you way know that where way she'll, where she'll maybe, maybe suddenly do something, do something that's just, just you know, you know out, of out of the ordinary or things like that. And that really that came from Mary and the way that Mary was was writing, was writing um, um, at her time. And the book that everybody, that everybody seems, seems to know from Mary Bunting is a book called Self Care. So if you get a chance, you should should look that up. Yeah, definitely. Have you, ever Have you ever picked up a, picked book, up a book and wished, and wished that you'd that never, you'd picked, never it up? picked it up? And, and, why, and why, why do you think, that, you think might that might be? Well, there was one book I read and I was disappointed. And I'll, I'll not say the title just in case it's a, a book that's very popular. And I, and it was um, a, a band and they tried and tried to be really famous and successful. And although they never made it, it was still a really interesting story because they got up to lots of mischief along the way, and I really admired their ambition. And one of the members wrote a book about it, and it could have been a really interesting story, but it just wasn't as good as the, as the film. And I thought that was a shame. It just 
included a lot of boring details, so I thought that that was a pity. Yeah, I like yeah, it sometimes like when, it when it comes to comes writing, you need to be able to balance the sort of the description of what's, of what's going, going on, on and the action, and that's a really hard really balance, balance to get. To get. Yeah. And I think and there I think is a lot there of writers, writers out there, there who have fantastic, have fantastic concepts, concepts but just but don't just know don't how to know how quite pull it off. Pull it off. Yes. Um, and I think that's um, maybe that's one maybe of the things one that you're seeing in that book is that the balance wasn't wasn't quite right. And that is what good editor is for. Good editor is for helping you realize that your balance is off and that maybe you need to go back and look at it and see how you can rebalance it and make it work for both of you. So, so, yes, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's weird it's to weird think of all the different, all the different um, jobs, jobs that you know that there, you is there is along, along the way of publishing. Because you also have copywriters who again check the work to make sure there's no spelling mistakes or grammar mistakes. They also have to make sure that there's no plot holes. So they're kind of almost like the last line to make sure that there's nothing majorly wrong with the novel before it's released. That's very true, and I enjoy every aspect of my writing career, and it's a thing where you need to have um, a, a big skill set because you need to be able to promote it, advertise it, do the checks, yes. as you say, um, the administration. So um, it's something that certainly gives you a lot of experience. And sometimes, and sometimes takes, takes over, over your over entire, entire life. life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because when, when I started, I, started out, I knew nothing. nothing. I, I, I was self-taught, and I had to and learn had to marketing, marketing, and I had to learn editing, and I had to learn writing itself. There's so many techniques in writing nowadays. So I didn't have any of those skills when I started out. So I spent a long time over my 14 years writing. Um, um, well, professionally writing, writing, learning, learning all the different, different aspects, aspects of, of, of the industry. And I got opportunities to do an internship at a literacy agency, and that helped me understand it from a literacy agent point of view. I had a lot of friends that were editors, and then they explained the editing side of things to me. And I learned, once I learned all the different, the whole different sort of process it goes through, I find, I find my writing my much writing improved because, because I was able I was to say, able well, to say okay, well, okay, to make this to better, better, I can sit with it and I can maybe work on this and get it better balanced or get my, my grammar better or my spelling better. And I, I was able to make it a much smoother process. And it allowed me to work with independent publishers, you know, in the U.S. and in the U.K., and, and do some and do crazy some things, things like, like, you know, do a book do a tour book that tour I never that expected, I expected to do, or end up doing this podcast and being interconnected, interconnected with, with a lot of authors all over the world. So, yeah. That's yeah. the great thing great about thing writing. About it writing. is a fraternity. You know, we all, no, we all, we're, all we're all connected some way or something. Yes, definitely. And it seems like you've got a really good background in your writing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, now I, think I do. Now I, do. Um, um, I wouldn't have said I, I, did, have said at I did at the beginning, beginning but, but it takes you it takes years, years, and I think that's and what think people that's don't realize is you, you don't just sit down and write a book. It takes it years of hard work, of hard work and, and persistence and, and knowing, knowing, you know, you know okay, okay, today I have today to do so many words, and then I need to sit and do 10, 15 minutes of marketing, and then I need to go and make sure I've got all my emails done. So it's it's, so a, it's it's a it's a constant thing, thing and it's it's, it's a good 
it's a good process to understand understand so that you don't don't let the ball ball drop in in all the areas. areas. Yeah, yeah, I like that expression, no letting the bar drop, because it is like spinning plates. You have to add these things like um, prioritise them and give them equal amounts of time. So that's a really good way to pet it. Yeah, and I I feel like the more that I've learned, the better way I have of explaining it nowadays. If you'd asked me about 12 years ago, I probably wouldn't have been able to explain it as well. So moving into the writing writing portion of the podcast, this is where we talk about techniques and how we go about writing and all the different elements that's involved. How did you go about creating the darker elements of your story, the struggles, as I like to call it, the the sort of things that they had to overcome, the obstacles? What I try to do is I've struggled a lot with poverty because I'm mm-hmm. autistic, I find it difficult to get a job and I've experienced failure. And what I do with those things is I transform them into something positive. So I make it yeah. humorous. That's one thing that I do. And what I, how I approach my writing is I think on my mind is like plasticine. And the more I tweak it, then the more that I come up with, it's like a, a muscle. So I try to turn negatives into positives and that's a kind of cathartic process it is and it's good to do that because because writing writing is so it's so opinionated opinionated. it's about about somebody's somebody's perspective perspective. yeah that you kind of have to be able to roll with the punches punches and have have a thicker thicker skin skin than most most people Because this because is an this opinion is an on opinion something on that you spent a lot of time working, working on. on. It's something, it's something that, you've that you've put a lot of money into. Sometimes, if you're, you know, if you're paying for a private editor, or if you're going and you're doing different things. So yeah, I think it's it's can be rough when somebody says they don't like something or they aren't taking it on. Um, but it's but not, it's not funnily, funnily enough, enough I've learned over the years, years it's not really it's not about really your about talent, talent or your concept, or your concept. It's, really it's really about what the market's, market's offering or what they or think they think they can sell in the market, in the market. So, so I think that, I think helps, that helps a little bit, a little with, bit the, with the the rejection, the rejection almost, almost because, because sometimes, sometimes it really it isn't really you it's the situation yes I agree and I have had that with publishers totally and um, what I do, we some of my poetry is environmental, so I imagine like animals telling humans off for the state of the environment, like um, nagging yeah, them about yeah. oil spills and saying things like Adam and Eve scared and is repossessed. And that's a, a thing that I do is I attack these negatives, but um, highlight them with humour. Yeah, and yeah, I think and that's, I think that's, that's really, really good because, because in Shetland, in, Shetland in, particular, in particular, we have a lot of wildlife and we have a lot of environment that has suffered over the years. So I think it's good because we're able to take those issues and really kind of show the world, well, hey, we live at the top end of all this. We see the most silliest of things and having that animal-to-human ratio, I think, makes it easier for all walks of life to understand it rather than maybe select groups. I think that's really good. Thank you. Yes, because I'm really inspired by that. When I'm home in Shetland, I spend hours walking over the hills and on the beaches, and I'm inspired by like the archaeology and the ruins and um, wildlife, like the seals and the 
puffins and I feel that they contribute so much so I love it when it comes through in my writing. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I did the same. I used to spend a lot of time walking around Lyric and kind of getting, you know, because like, that, that's what you do when you're a teenager in general. You tend to walk about because there's not much else to do sometimes. Um, so I, I, I like to go down on the beach and read or, you know, go sit uh, by the cliffs and things like that. So I can I can understand it. Um, and it's good because I, I, you know, I particularly, I was walking with my husband who's never really lived on island life before, so... So, um, um, uh, as you know, as the you seal know, in Larwick, Larwick likes to likes jump on the jump fishing, on boat fishing boat and get his, 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 uh, his uh, taxes, taxes, as he likes, as he to, likes call to call it, maybe, it, maybe when he gets when given he gets a fish and then he leaves again. So, um, so um, yeah, I can yeah, always see that in my head of them telling people off and saying, oh, where's my quote I hear, you know? So, yeah. What inspired, what inspired you to, you to pick, the pick the type of writing, writing that you did? did. What, what drew, what drew you, to you to doing poetry and the, sort of the, the spoken word? Why would you say you felt drawn, drawn to that? I fell into it by accident because I wrote as a child and then I took it seriously again as a teenager and I thought that I was writing historical fiction like similar to Catherine Cook's and stuff and then when people read it, what they said was that it was like magic realism. So the everyday merges mm-hmm. with dreams and people transform into mythical characters and houses turn into castles. So, and it's fantasy. And everything I've written since then, people have told me the same thing. It's very fantasy-based. And I started doing poetry readings at writers' groups and open mic sessions. And at first I was really shy and nervous but people said kind things so that gave me confidence to do it more and more and I found that one opportunity is like to another and um, so I suppose I stumbled into them both by accident because I never thought when I was younger that I was going to be getting all these chances to do the um, spoken word stuff but I'm really inspired by folk musicians like Doogie McLean and he goes around mm-hmm. like Perthshire singing and getting filmed so I I do that too I've been filmed in Shetland recording poetry so um, I really enjoyed that kind of thing and I wanted to share it and entertain people with it so it's uh, those elements that come together well, that's really well, that's good, really and, good. I think, and I think uh, the uh, more of us that represent Shetland now on a global scale is, you know, better. And I, you know, I particularly find that, you know, I've been doing that with screenwriting. I've been doing it with the podcast and the books. I was, I think I'm the first Shetland writer to sell out all copies of our book in L.A. So, you know, it's... For me, for me, I kind of took that banner up. I want Shetland to be seen as a positive and as, as a kind of globally as a great creative place um, with great minded people. And, and we are, we've always thought of being storytellers, I think, in Shetland because those winters are long and dark and we have to think of something to get through those winters. So I think storytelling has been in our, our DNA um, from the very beginning. And I think that's important to share. share. And it's, and it's lovely to hear you mention Catherine Cookson because she was an idol of mine. Um, um, I actually I have, 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 have
and I read and them I read quite, them a, lot quite a lot because, as you as said, you she said, writes she as she speaks, and she wrote about, about things that she saw, and she lived through, and, and, and talked about mental, mental health issues, and talked about racism, and equality, and, you know, the fact that there was an equality with disabled people, and there was an equality with women and men back in those days, so... To me, she, to was, me, a she was a great inspiration to kind of keep that fight that going fight and going say, and hey, you know, you know, we we should be we treated, treated equally. And, and, and she, she, I call her I my call kick her up my the kick butt, up butt book, book for when I, when I um, don't have don't confidence or I lost or lost the kind of will to get up the right. I read her and I just think, oh, she can do it with all her health issues. What am I doing lying here? So, so I get up, I get up and, uh, and uh, I get writing, and, and she and keeps me keeps writing, me writing too, too. So, so yeah. Well, yeah. that's really good. That that's a great credit to her. And I too like to tackle subjects that things like my play was inspired by mental health. I'm hoping that it will help people feel better and they'll be entertained and get comfort for it. And Shetland I certainly think so. does. Is to have a storytelling tradition because I like to throw to people coming together and making their own entertainment. And there's so much inspiration and stories you can draw for right through the Norse myths and legends um, through time. And when I was writing that um, narrative poem, Literary Skullduggery, I just immersed myself in Shetland, like literature and Viking stories and supernatural stories. And then the writing just kind of um, emerged for it. So, yes, you're right. It does, it does flow. I think I Shetlanders think have this have way this where we just, where kind, we just of, kind of, because we talk, we talk all, the time, all the time, and we share, and we share a, lot. a lot, we're very we're people, people that, that like to share things, things like our lives, our lives and how we're getting, we're getting on. on. I think it just think kind it of flows out for us. And when we're having writer's block, it's not really writer's block, it's a moment of not having confidence and not believing in the story that we might be telling. Yes. So, so it, it, for me, for it's, me really it's really important to sort of reach into the writer's book of Jetland and say, I got told I couldn't publish, I got told I wasn't good enough, and guess what, I've been published a lot, and I am still publishing today, and I'm working with people all over the world to create new stories and to bring messages of hope and inspire people, and that is something I'm going to keep doing, and I think that's a good thing, you know, I feel sad that I can't live in Shetland because of my own health issues, um, there's, not um, there's not enough, enough medical, medical support, support in Shetland, Shetland for somebody, for like, somebody me. like me, but, but I, I do like, to, do come like back, to come back, and um, I hope that I when hope my that when new Shetland, Shetland novel, novel, the midwife series set in Shetland, Shetland the rural midwife comes out, out, that I might come back and do a reading in the library, maybe they'll invite me back to do that, or, you know, I might get to come back and talk to some of the writers and some of the teenagers about writing and what it takes to do that. Definitely. I think that would be a popular story that would be really welcomed at home. Yeah, I yeah, think so I think too. And the idea, the idea of it is, is highlighting what it was what like it was to be a midwife in the rural community. So Yell and Onst and Bettler and sort of these six girls, you know, they start off being these just newly turned midwives and then they get sent from Dundee up to Shetland and they end up falling in love with the locals and they have, they all, have these all these sort of trying, trying uh, things, that things that they have they to overcome and they learn about themselves and, and they end up staying and they end up marrying and they end up, up making their lives there. So, so it's really positive, positive stories. stories. Um, um, 
and I am and I working, working with, with a, it, a writing, writing coach, coach on, that, on that who's been so lovely to take me on, me on, uh, uh, on her on books her and she's working with me on that and so yeah, yeah, I hope in but nine, nine months time, time maybe I'll have been a publisher and, and I can, I can come back and talk to everybody about, about it. it. I think it'll, I think be, it'll a be a great Christmas, Christmas you know, you know sock stuffer, you know, for the fireplace. And I was just inspired just because of the island medics and, you know, the doctors that go up to Shetland and they give six months of their lives to help the locals and take care of locals and... We get all we these get all wonderful, wonderful surgeons that goes up and does the same. So, yeah, I think I think that's that was the inspiration behind it, and I think it's a great way of highlighting some of the problems that Shetland's medical stuff has, but in a positive way, and saying that you know maybe we could do with you sending six young midwives up to Shetland to to study and learn how to work in a rural community, and and maybe we might settle we solve the midwife problem. That Shetland's got at the moment. Good luck with that. Yes. Yes. It's nice. It's nice to have different stories that highlights different elements of Shetland, and I think that's quite a good one. So when you write your your material, is it a movie in your head, or do you kind of see like a jigsaw puzzle that you've got to move the pieces together to get it to tell the story? I'm I'm very inspired by films. I spend a lot of time at the cinema, and that gives me ideas for plots, and that yep. matches me. It introduces me to characters and actors and backgrounds and styles. And um, I have a big DVD collection, so sometimes I watch the same films over and over again. And I would say yes, that um, I would love if my stories could be made into films. So I would say that I definitely um, approach it with that angle. Yeah, I'm yeah, the same. I've, 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 I've worked with, with um, different, different people, people and, and I would and love I would to love see to one see of my pieces, pieces of the film, film too. too. And it's and great it's because, because I've, I've learned, learned a lot, a lot from, going from going and, and writing, writing screenplays, screenplays, which is which different, different to script, scripts you'd see on the stage. Yes. Um, um, a lot more lot complicated, complicated than, than I actually thought. thought. Um, yes. And I actually and I did write a, a script for Shetland, which... I've never I've handed, handed over, over to the, to the uh, Shetland, Shetland Island, Island, you know, the, you know, the, the Shetland, Shetland uh, uh, drama club, but I might one day. And it's and about a lass who is scared about going to university, to university and, uh, and uh, about leaving the island. The island and and it's about her journey, her journey um, going, going south and, and trying to make friends with all these people and having people maybe not understand her because she uses different words and... You know, she you has, know, a, she different has a different look out, out, way of looking, way of looking at, life at life and a different, a different way of doing, doing things. And, and we, follow we follow her through that through journey and her falling in love for the first time. time. Really becoming, really becoming an, a, an, adult an adult who lives on the island. island and, 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 and then making the decision about going home. And about taking her skills that she's learned down the road back home. It's a really positive story. That's really interesting. That reminds me of Sunset Song. And if I get funding again, the next thing that I'll do is I'm hoping to tack my play to schools and hopefully mark it into a graphic novel in an animated film. I'd love to work with someone like Pixar or Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, a, there's lot a lot of great, great animation, animation studios, studios that can, that can do, do little trailers, trailers for you, for you. that can help, can help it be made. Be made. Um, um, I have I a have few people, people I can put you in touch with for that. that. And, and uh, uh, 
yeah, yeah, so, so don't, don't, you know, you, know, you, get, you that get that far, far let me let know. Me know. And, and uh, I, I think I, I actually, actually do know a place that does graphic novels, but I'll need to check that. Because, you, you know, there's so many different, you would need to find an illustrator who draws all your stuff and then... Um, um, you need to you present, need to present both, the both the book script, script for, for your illustration, your illustration and, and the actual, actual illustration pictures you're going to use to the publisher, publisher and then they and put they it all put together, together for you. For you. Um, um, but you may, you be, may able be able to find a Shetland artist that could do that, that for you. That's very true. That's a good idea. I have um, published two graphic novels already, but we just chose pictures off the internet because I couldn't afford the artist. And I just think, yes, if I had an actual artist or illustrator, that would give it a, a real magic touch. You might be able to find funding with the Writers Guild. Um, if you go to the UK Writers Guild, there's a lot of good stuff there. And particularly if you're looking for doing local themed plays and films, there's always Screen Scotland. They always have funding for people that are trying to do things that promote things that their local areas and if you can, and if you can sort of show, show how it would be beneficial, beneficial for Shetland, for Shetland and, and for people, for people that, that maybe aren't as represented, as represented then, then you know they, you know, they, they might be able, able to, to, guide to guide you and help you, you with, help that. with that. Well that's excellent, that's really good leads, I'm not sure I followed them, thank you. Yeah, yeah well, it's no problem. problem. I like sharing, I like what, sharing I what I know because I think, because I think there's not there's enough, not of, enough these of these conversations, conversations where we're sharing, we're sharing you know, what, you know, what, what we all know, we all know uh, what, uh, each what each other know and, and, things, and like things like that. And I think and if we think start, if start having these conversations, conversations then things then aren't things going to seem quite so big and obstacles don't feel quite so horrendous, I think. Yeah, it's nice. And I'll, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll uh, definitely, definitely be sure to make sure, to make sure that, that uh, I, I reach out. I'll get you to, to resend me the name again for the Shetland Publisher. Because I have one that I think she might like. And it's called Shetland Royals. And it's about the history of the bus project in Shetland. And it's about a family who... I, I kind of take, kinda the, take old the old royals. royals. You remember how we connected, connected to the royal family? We had an earl and a, a lady. And I take, and I take that, that idea, but I but put it in the in setting the of them, them getting involved in the bus, in the bus project, project and, and, and running, running it. it. And, and how that how changes, that changes everything. everything. And, and how they, how they end, end up changing their way of looking at marriage and looking at relationships and looking at family relationships. And it's and really it's a really nice, nice series, series just about that. that. It's, just it's just about people, people struggle, struggle in Shetland, Shetland during the World War, Second World War, and, and about how Shetland, Shetland played a huge role, role in, uh, uh, in the war itself. Yes, that sounds like a fascinating story. I would love to read that. The publisher that I mentioned was Edinburgh Best, but she would still um, yep. be really interested, I'm sure, to um, hear your story. Yeah, yeah, I would love, I would love that. that. So if you send that along to me after this interview, then I will definitely look into it, keep your prize. And as I said, maybe we can uh, have an event in Shetland where we can all get together. I can do a reading and you can come up and do some poetry and we can share the event and make it make an inclusive writer's event for all writers in Shetland. Yes, I would look forward to that. That would be really exciting. I think that would, I think be, that lovely would be lovely for all, for all of us, us I, think, I think, and everybody, and everybody involved. involved. Yes, yeah. yeah. So during so your time, time writing, writing, has there has been, there a, been character a character that's stuck, that's stuck around, around with you? Maybe, maybe that's, that's 
like while like, you've been writing other things, things you've, you've kind of thought, thought of this character. character? Yes, well, in A Toon Built for Shenanigans, there's the three characters, the butcher, the baker and the candlestick marker, and they each have disabilities, although I don't mention that in the script. The, um, Bailey the butcher has dyslexia, Barnum the baker has autism, and Conrad the candlestick marker has dyspraxia and schizophrenia. And when I thought about it, Barnum the baker has autism the same as me, so I think mm-hmm. the same way that he does. And he has yeah. some strategies to overcome obstacles and how he explains things. And um, if he was getting support, he would really flourish as a baker, as I do. When I get support, then I do things better. And I think if I was to explore how he thinks more and how he relates to people, it would give me a better understanding of my own life and it would help me develop him as a character. And people have told me about characters in the play that they can relate to. And for me, I think that's the one that um, I would definitely think on as a soulmate. Yeah, and I, I, know, I, think I think I'll, I'll definitely, definitely, you know, you know send, send to people that I think, think well, send, send you information, information for people that I think will help you with your writing journey and your writing career. I have a coach that's really good for supporting people along the process, and then I have a great editor that I highly recommend because she's really good at piecing dyslexia together and helping people with learning disabilities, particularly when they're trying to get ready to, to send stuff to a publisher. So I'll, I'll send you along her information too. Um, she, you know, each, each editor does different things. So if you write a different genre, let me know and I can send you to somebody else and and uh, yeah, I can see what I can do to, to help you help you along with your journey. Thank you. I don't have dyslexia, but I'm still always willing to hear about anyone that can help me on my writing journey, certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I was reading, I use her for my dyslexia, dyslexia sorry. sorry. Um, um, but, but, you know, with you your, know, autism, your autism, sometimes, sometimes it can, can, you can get can caught get up in your own thoughts, thoughts and, and it's maybe, it's not, maybe not translated to your, to your, your writing, writing, writing from your mind to your page very well. So she can give you just a little bit of support and guidance and things like that. To help, to help you, you um, maybe get maybe it down, down in a better, in a better way, way so that so it's a bit easier to read or to make little, little things clearer. clearer. Um, I know I that know she's done that for me because sometimes, sometimes I think faster than I can, I can write, write or talk. Or talk. So, so uh, Shetland does, we talk very fast normally. So yeah, the computer system's not really good for us to sit and talk to. So yeah, she's good for cleaning those little things up. Is there a character, there a character that, that you know you wish you, you wish had you written, written more about? Well, I think if I had come across the um, the characters, the three characters, the butcher, the baker, and candlestick marker, if I come across them when I was younger, that that might have helped. I got inspired by one of the things that inspired me to write it was um, the three men in the tub. It was a commission I got for a poem inspired by a painting. And again, if I had um, thought up Barnum when I was younger, then um, I think that he would have been a guide for me. So um, (laughs) I think it would have been good if I'd been introduced to him in my mind earlier in my life. And and I think that that would have been a, a kind of a representation of me and my writing. Oh, no, I, I, I totally, totally understand, understand that. that. Uh, I, I've encouraged this. Like, where, where were you 10, ten years, years ago? ago. <laughs> so, 
so yeah, so, yeah and, 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 and for, for me, me particularly, particularly when, when I open the door, the door um, to my what I call what I my creative, creative world, world it's like a, it's universe. Like a universe Every path takes you to a new story. And sometimes you just wander down a path and you just go with whatever you find there. And whether it's, you know, you're writing a crime book or a romance novel, you just go with it. You just write what you feel and you write that great story down to share with other people. Yes, you can be surprised with what you come up with. What techniques have you found helpful and which ones do you wish that you maybe hadn't tried? Well, Michael Murpurgo, um, the children's author, I spoke to him at the Edinburgh Book Festival and he said, every day write how you feel, happy, sad, confused or whatever. And that is an excellent technique because that really helps the writing flow. And mm-hmm. another thing is, I approach my writing like a magician. My dad's a retired carpenter, and I think that what he does with wed, I do with words. So I love to mm-hmm. tweak the words, change the shape, size, font, and be really playful and experimental with them. And again, because my mind is like a muscle, it's like plasticine. So the more you do that, the more creative it makes you. The one thing that I did not enjoy in the creative process was when I was a student, and I had to collaborate and because as a writer you can be very self-contained and I found that difficult to um, suppose just the whole process I, I just prefer to work on my own but in recent years I've collaborated a lot with actors and artists and knew it's a really fun process where I can share my ideas and get constructive mm-hmm. criticism and my contribution and this is really valued so new collaboration is a really useful technique so I suppose um, it's good to be open-minded. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I, mean I, I myself, I was never, was never sure, sure about, about writing, writing with, somebody. with somebody. And then and I then wrote I with a famous, a famous wrestler. wrestler. And I thought, and I thought what am I getting myself, myself into, into here? here. Um, um, but it but was it great because, because it was, you know, I you loved wrestling and I loved romance and I loved that sort of thing and I was a retired dancer. But I had to try and think of how to solve it together. Yeah. And, and he kind of was great for just reining in, in my, my, my ideas, ideas and saying, well, well, maybe, maybe we do it this way, way. Maybe, maybe we can, we do, can it do it this way. way. And he and taught he me taught a lot, lot about, about sort of getting, getting from, from one, one place, place to the next and what's the journey from one place to the next. And I thought that was really good. And he really was good at slowing me down and saying, right, let's let's take our time with it. Let's make sure we're doing it right. And yeah, and I feel like he taught me a lot about wrestling and a lot about what it takes to be involved in wrestling. You know, there's writing involved behind the scenes and there's decisions where they have to make about who's going to be champion or who's going to wrestle who and, 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 and all that kind of is was broken was down, down for me and I learned so much so from him. him and it actually and it allowed me to go on and study, and study under, under uh, a, famous a famous wrestling writer, writer and, and, and I learned from another wrestler and I got to know these people really well and it helped improve my writing in a way that I wouldn't have necessarily considered so I always try and say to people you know being Co-authors, co-authors is not a bad, not a bad thing. Yes. Co-authorship, co-authorship is a good, good thing. thing. Because yes. you can because really, you can learn, really from learn from each other. And you can, you can explore, explore and, and 
you know, you know learn, learn different different, different, things. different things. So, so try as much as you can, can to, to, to do that. Do that. Try, try talking, talking to different publishers and different, different people, people because, because their perspectives and their thoughts, and their thoughts can, be can be really helpful. helpful. Um, especially, especially if you're wanting a job in the industry, especially if you're wanting to be a paid writer full time. Um, yeah, it's, really it's really important, important to, do to do that and to learn all these different, different areas, areas and techniques and things, and things like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah, that that's real said. So, so is, is there is a technique, technique that you would say that, that, that you've used, used that, you, that you weren't a fan of? Was there, was something, there something that you tried, that you tried and you thought, mm, this isn't this really, is really for me? Um, yes, sometimes um, in writers' groups when we're made to do... Uh, exercises and you've got like a limited vocabulary sometimes that can be very challenging because you're put under pressure to come up with something and um you're not satisfied with it I mean, i'm open-minded to lots of exercises but that kind of thing can be um uh, tricky and some people and another thing i don't like is competition i think that writing should be about having pleasure and fun and it should yes. be about um like people being overly like critical about it in an academic way or people competing for marks and that kind of thing I find that very off-putting it is is very very off-putting and I think think that that it's becoming becoming more competitive competitive now I think think, than what it was maybe 20 years years ago ago, or even 10 10 years ago and to and me, to me that's, that, that's that's not what writing's about. Writing's about sharing a story. It's about sharing a different world. It's about introducing ideas, ideas tackling, tackling everyday, everyday issues, issues today, today because, because that's, that's the only, the way, only that way that we can, can tackle, tackle these things. things. Um, um, and that and would that be, be, you know, that you would know, be my message to writers' groups is that don't make it competition. Make it about the quality of the characters, the quality of the story. Yeah. And make and it about, about that writer's, writer's journey, journey and about teaching, teaching them, them. Mm-hmm. you know, you know not, not about, about criticizing them, them but, but teaching them this is, this is maybe, maybe a different, different way, way to go, to go or, or this is maybe a different thing to do. And, you know, you, you know, never you know, know, you might you find, find it incredibly releasing. It will feel like the chains are coming off. It will feel like it's a much better process. Yes, very much so. And when I write about things... Um, like autism and learning difficulties and mental health, then I found it like such a, a comfort and I felt like I had cleared a lot of baggage. So very much so, it's such a cathartic process. I think it's really healthy for your mental health. It is. It is, it is it very, is important. very important. And I think, I think the more that we raise, raise issues of um, um, how, how we're feeling, feeling and the things, the things that we're going, that we're going through, through yeah. is very, very, very important. important. Um, um, and I think, and I think we, can, we can we can learn, we can a, learn lot. a lot. Yes. And one of the so things, one of the that, things I'm that I'm going to do for you, for you um, that, that I find really helpful, helpful is, is I was working, I was working with, a with a group called, called One in Four, in four Writers, writers, uh, writers Coalition group. group, and they mentor writers, particularly writers that maybe want to see their writing film, who maybe want to see their 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 writing, writing going go into a different, different direction, direction and learn, and learn about, about the industry and learn about being mentored if it's say you want to do illustration or you want animation or you want live action and it, and it you know it's you know, film it's industry, industry and it's really, and it's really good. good so today, so today I, will I will send an email introducing you to the disability writers group that i am friends with 
and uh, let them let them, let them get, get to know, to know you, you. Uh, uh, introduce you and say this is somebody, somebody that's a writer, writer who really, really fancies doing a little bit more animation, animation and learning about, about it and explaining, explaining you, know, you know that you're like me you've got dyslexia you've got a learning disability and you come from Shetland and there, there, you know, you, you don't, don't have, have the same, same opportunities, opportunities as a lot, as a lot of, people, of people, and and, uh, and let and you let work, you work with, them, with them. See, see, see what, what you learn, see what, see what experiences, experiences you get to have. Well, that would be brilliant. Yes. See, in the arts, it's about um, why you know and and making connections, and that's a way to get established. And that would be a brilliant opportunity. Yeah, and, I, and that's, I, that's what I've, what I've always, always said, said is, is I believe, I believe in, helping in helping writers in Shetland connect with people that are not in Shetland. So my so time my in Los Angeles was really good for me because I met people and, and I connected in with other people and it's been able to grow my network. And it's been, I like giving back. And this is something that I can do to give back to people in Shetland and to give back to the writers that are not, not getting, getting the same, same opportunities, opportunities as other people. Well, that's a really good point. I live in Glasgow and I've lived in Edinburgh, so I go to a lot of the groups across Scotland and, and that's a, a really good way to pit it. Yes, that's I as well think like we can all rise like boats at the same time, so definitely I share yeah. opportunities too. I'm maybe, I'm maybe a bit, a bit more, biased more biased because I tend to give a little, give a little bit, bit more help to people, people from Shetland. I don't know if that's because we all share the same blood, or we have all shared the same torture of the long winters. winters. But yeah, but yeah I, do I do tend, tend to, to be slightly biased and help Shetland people more. But yeah, it's an honour to be able to introduce you to them and to you know they're really lovely people and they're very down to earth. So you should you should find it well. Um, and you should find it a great experience. So I don't mind doing that at all. So moving into your life now, this is the this is where we really break down barriers because we're allowing people to get to know you as a person. So there's a lot of um, I would say myths about us as writers that we're antisocial or that we live in mansions with servants that does all the cleaning in it. Dishes, dishes and, and cooks, cooks meals, meals and stuff, and stuff first, which isn't which true. Isn't true. <laughs> so uh, this, is, this a is a good way of dispelling that, that and just and getting, getting to know us as, as, as people. Yeah. Sound, Sound good? good? Yes, yeah. What's, What's the first, the first thing, thing that you do when you want to de-stress from writing and that whole process? What do you like to do? Well, I go for long walks in the country and as well, um, I go to the cinema, I follow what films are coming up, I watch the trailers and then I um, just love the whole thing about the cinema. It's really nice, you, you get to see what more films are coming up and then if it's mm-hmm. one about a, a genre or a character or a story, like an autobiographical thing, then I'll look forward to it and it's just so relaxing sitting back and seeing the story unfold and um, it's um, just really relaxing. It just, um, you just, I just get completely immersed in the story and I focus in on every detail, like the actors and the story, the plot, the um, twists and turns, and it's just a really satisfying experience. And if it's a film that I've enjoyed, I'll watch it two or three times and then um, get the DVD. And one film I really enjoyed was called In the Heights, and it was by the same man that made Hamilton. 
and um, mm -hmm. it was about people in um, America in a street and there was a lot of hip hop right from the beginning. They were they took inspiration for everywhere, like being in the shop and the swimming pool and on a night out and just everyday things. They were able to make songs and poetry and rap about it. And that's the same way that I do. I take inspiration for the everyday. And there was a, a plot and it was just um, very resourcefully done. And it's the, the kind of thing that um, has given me just so much inspiration since then. That's really, that's really good. good, and I think, I think that's, that's, you know, you know it's a great, a great way, way to distract, to distract you know, yeah. de-stress, yeah. because I'm not, I'm not as, as, I don't get I don't out get as out much, as um, because I stay really far really in the country. country. Yeah. I, I tend to do old shelling things, I knit, and I cross-stitch, and I sew, and I embroider, and these things really help me kind of calm myself. And it's almost, and it's like, almost feeling like feeling a little, a little bit, bit like I'm back in Jetland, sitting by the fire, by the fire with the snow falling down outside. It's just a, a, a really, really good, good way of feeling, feeling not, not so, so as homesick as sometimes I get. Yes, I can what you mean. Yes, I love like scribbling. I like doing things with my hands and I find that that keeps me content. So that's um, a kind of alternative to that. I think it's I think good, it's as, good well as well if you can do things... That, that keep your, keep your hands, hands busy, busy if you're yeah. sitting and watching watch stuff, stuff too, because, because my nan always, always talked about idle, idle hands. hands. Oh, yes. Uh, uh, idle, idle hands was never was a good thing in her book. So she always had me doing something, whether it was drawn or whether it was sewing or knitting. She was very kind of positive about that and about doing things that's beneficial for your, for the folk around you, you know. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yes, it's good to keep busy. What hobbies, what hobbies do, you do you enjoy? enjoy? And, and is there is ones, the ones that you that wish you could explore, explore more? Well, I love to read um, things like about history and literature and, and things like that, and folklore and anthropology, storytelling. And that gives me, like, um, I find it really satisfying doing research about factual stuff and I read a lot about magic and magicians because I think their process is very similar to mine so I would like if I had even more time then I could read even more I love gathering information and facts and I was just working in the summer at the language school and one of the things we have to do is take students on trips so for example when we took them to Edinburgh then I taught them about the Walter Scott monument and I was able to get information about him for my own research so that's something that I enjoy. Yeah and that's, and really, that's really important, important too, too because, because you know we you don't know, want we don't to want lose to our Scottish heritage, heritage. Yes. and I think and if I think we don't, we don't do, these do these sort of um, um, tours and these conversations, conversations we will, we will lose, that. lose that and that, and that, that would be extremely sad and I don't think I don't think we ever want to be in a situation where we, we, you know, we you lose know, we that lose happiness, that happiness and, we and we lose that part, that part of ourselves, of ourselves that, makes that makes us really Scottish. Definitely, because preserving culture and traditions is something that I'm really interested in. And at one of the groups that I read with is Our Vice, and that's um, mm -hmm. a showcase of the Scottish dialect. So I read my Shetland dialect poems, and the, the last time on Burden's Night, then I read the, the Fiddler Yow, the one about the clearances, and that's yeah. Um, yeah. a great way to showcase Scotland. 
Yeah, it is. And I, I think with Shetland, I think some people feel more connected to Denmark and some people feel more connected to Scotland. And I think it's a good way of reminding all of us that we're connected to both and that we should be proud of both. Very much so. Do you yes. like crafts? And uh, is, do you find crafts a good way for clearing your mind and maybe helping you solve a writer's issue? Well, during my degree, I did a like, kind of alternative creative writing degree, and it was tied performance writing, but it wasn't about writing scripts. It was about doing things with writing off the page so you could write better on okay. it. And with yeah. that, yeah. then I studied things about like storytelling and anthropology and um, making theatre, like devising, and making models. And I enjoyed that. We were getting a few days, you had to go away and come back with a product. And that was um, uh, another way of accessing your imagination. So that was a time that I dabbled in that. And I've not done any of that kind of craft things since then, but definitely it's still a process that I would use in my mind to, uh, that, that benefited me definitely. I think that helped me be more creative. Do you think, Do you think you sort of your experiences, experiences in Shetland, Shetland might have, you, you know... You know made you, made more, you more interested, interested in crafts and more interested in, in, in making, making things? Well, yes, there are lots of things that I get um, uh, inspiration for in Shetland, the linguistics, like the place names even new, a Scandinavian can look at a Shetland place name and get an accurate description of what the place means. The heritage mm-hmm. with the Norse myths and legends and the uh, ruins and the fishing and the crofting and the folklore and nature... Because I imagine the animals can speak. When you say they're living in palaces with servants, I, I could just see animals like that. And um, because I got to play on a croft as a child, then um, that definitely helped me be creative as an adult. So, And um, I played with Lego a lot. I still like that. So I suppose Lego is a form of craft. So I suppose I dabbled in that. Yeah, and that's that's really good. good. Um, I find particularly particularly if I'm I'm writing a lot lot and and I get to that point where I'm frustrated, then if I go away and I do crafts for a while, like I'm making a quote for my mother-in-law, it just sometimes releases that little bit of string that drops the answer that I've been looking for sort of tearing, tearing yourself apart, apart over, over. And, and it's, it's really, really good. good it's really good, good to kind of do, do that and, and, and find, find yourself answers that, that you know you would, know, would, would not otherwise think, think of I think because yeah. crafting, crafting it's, it's, it's a very you know you're doing something without thinking about it I think us shutters have gotten in the way of doing that Yes. And, and that's, that, that allows our minds, minds to sort of calm themselves and, and, and help, help us think us things through. That's um, a really good um, way to put it. See, if I'm writing and then I get, say, writer's block and or I kind of come up with a word or whatever and then I go away and say, do the dishes, then I'm still in the zone. So that helps me come up with it. So I'm still in the kind of creative mindset, even though I'm, I'm not working on the piece. So that's um, a very good point. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm glad, glad that, that, you know, it's, it's good, good to find, to find other, other people that believe the same things as you, as you can see the same things as you, so. Yeah, it's lovely. I myself have a long-term health illness. I have idiopathic rheumatoid arthritis. 
that makes that me slow down and appreciate the day. What makes sort of you slow down and smell the roses? Well, I try to be open-minded in my degree. Um, then we were encouraged to just open your mind to everything and that will help you be more creative. So I try to focus and observe in the same way that Charles Dickens did. As he was walking along, he absorbed every detail that he saw. So I try to um, do that. And from having worked in call centres, then you have to focus and concentrate on every single thing a customer says because sometimes you just have limited information. So... I suppose I need to, to try and, um, and because I have, I have autism, that sometimes means I process information slowly. So I think that um, I just have to, to think that when I'm writing, if I concentrate, then I'll be able to come up with stuff. So I think that I just, but what would encourage me to get into the, well, I just try to think that if I um, allocate the time to concentrate, then I will be rewarded Rewarded with ideas coming. Yeah, I yeah, think I that's, think a, that's great a great way of putting it. it. I, I, I slow down myself, myself because, because I know that, that my health, health can't, can't take it. So I can't do, you know, maybe five nights right until four or five o'clock in the morning because that's not good for me. So I've learned different techniques on how to slow it down, but not overwhelm myself and and adjust to different settings. My favourite place to curl up during the day is, you know, on my sofa on a sunny day or in the garden. Where's your, your favourite favorite place, place to curl, to curl up, up during the day, day and read? Do, do you have a favourite sort of spot in your house or in the garden, cafe? Do you have yes. any of those? Um, in my sitting room where I am just new, then I've got this... Uh, I have lots of nice pictures that inspire me. I've got pictures for Norsemiths and Legends and by artists like Banksy, and they always inspire me. And I've got like this throw that has... Um, a big Norse symbol on it. So um, being surrounded by art, I find um, a comfort. And being in here, it's like a womb. It's nice just being in the darkness and it's very kind of meditative. We have an autism. I like having everything in its place. So I mm-hmm. came where everything is and it's a comfort. It's my base. It's a bit like when you come off stage and you've got that place at the side of the stage, like a dressing room. That's where I go to kind of be away from the world. Yeah, yeah, I, I, never, I had never had that luxury. luxury. I always I had to share, share my dressing room with people. people. So it was so never, it was never tidy. tidy. Never, <laughs> never tidy. Yeah. Awful. Awful. Um, um, if you can you imagine, can imagine you, know, you know, 12, 12 females, females trapped, trapped in one room, room and we've all, we all got, got makeup, makeup and we've all got stuff and it just gets everywhere. It's awful. Yeah, so... I, I, I understand, understand the, the, the need, need for, for tidy, tidy or, or at least to know, to know where everything is. is. Yeah. So, now so now we're moving, we're moving into, into the, the word game, game portion of the podcast, of the podcast. And, this and this is where we can, we can tie words to the first word that comes to your mind, mind. Or, or if there's, if there's a, story a story or a book, a book that comes to mind when you hear that word and we put it together as a fun little game. Now, the the theme, the theme of this, of this is, where is where I imagine I would have, would have met you. you. Yeah. So, uh, uh, in an, in an ideal, ideal world, world, of course. Yeah. So, so, in my in mind, mind I, I'm, I'm meeting you in a beautiful, in a beautiful cafe, cafe uh, in the in west, west side of Glasgow, where there's, where there's lots, lots of, of good, good goodies, goodies to have, cakes and all sorts. 
Um, so that's why I chose these words. So, so if you're, if you're uh, uh, let me know when you're ready, ready and we'll dive, dive in. in. Yes, I'm ready. Okay, okay so your so first, first word is, is chocolate. chocolate. Well, I love the book Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Charlie is an underdog, and like him, I always thought or hoped I would get a golden ticket to a publishing deal, and it happened, and I love the story. It's like Dante's Inferno. We had the obstacles that they go yep. through, and then the inventiveness of the story, and it's a classic, and the characters are funny. So um, for me, I would always associate it with that. Oh, I like, I like that. that. That's, that's, that's a really, really good, good answer. answer. Thank you. Your next, Your next one, is one is caramel. Caramel. Well, that's the kind of thing that, again, in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, there would have been a, a story associated with that, and there was probably a child that really wanted caramel, so they would have gone on some big adventure and gotten into lots of mischief to get him caramel and probably like, climbed over lots of obstacles and got nagged for their parents, and then Willy Wonka would have just had to tell them to go home. Yeah, I, 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 like I like that. that. I like I the like fact you took charge. Yes. What about, what about butter, butter fingers? Oh, well, I can imagine one of the children again would probably have climbed into like a, a tube or a pipe and um, they would have been trying to like grab something for a lucky dip and their fingers would have been as sticky. And again, that would have gone against health and safety. So the Oompa Loompas would have <laughs> had to just go and mack the whole butch, um, batch again. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah the, the, them being, being very annoyed. annoyed. <laughs> I can <laughs> imagine that. And of and course, course everybody, everybody in Shetland, Shetland knows about custard cream, cream biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> it's like, it's a, like staple a staple in Shetland, Shetland for some reason. Yeah. So, what so what do you what think, do you think of, of when you see custard, custard creams? Well, that would maybe be the parents trying to get the recipe and they would sneakily maybe go into an office and try to tap the code how they could get it and they would maybe bribe it and Oompa Loompa, but they would give them the wrong um, one as a, a trick and it would really be sop that they got. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and um, cheesecake. cheesecake. Um, that would be someone that thought they had gotten a recipe that was really posh, but actually it was just out of date and stale. And when they tried to set up a restaurant, it just got shut down. Yeah, yeah no, I, know, I would I agree with you. Cookies. Yes. Um, what that would be is um, the Oompa Loompas would try to steal a batch so that they could like run away. But then when they were at customs at the airport, then it got um, discovered and they were um, deported. I like, I like that. that. <laughs> okay. and, and cinnamon, cinnamon swirls. And um, what that would be is the um, it would be a whirlpool where they try to sail across and the Viking boat, but because it's bad weather, um, they get disrupted. So um, instead, they have to attack a submarine. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> that. And finally, and finally last, last but not least, least is, is coffee. And um, what that would be is um, that. They, um, there's Atlantis at the bottom of the big, huge bucket, and um, they try to get down there to get treasure, but uh, this is just like trinkets for Christmas cracker jokes, so they can't even get them sold at a car boot sale. Oh, oh, I like, I that. like that. I think that's, that's, that would make a good, good story, story what you've all well described there. there. I think we should, we be, should seeing be seeing that in a book, book sometime, sometime soon. soon. <laughs> Thank you. Really good. Well, it's, well, been, it's been 
Yeah, it yeah, is, it is good, good fun. fun. So it's so been a pleasure to have you on Chris with us here today. Um, so I so got, got us, well, well, we always say this, this on the show, show but, but when you, when have, you have another project, project out or another book out, out yes. then please, you know, send me an email and we'll have you back on to discuss it and discuss it a bit more in detail and maybe learn a bit about where the inspiration and stuff has come from. And yeah, so it's been a pleasure having you. Listeners, you will be excited to know who we've got next week, but I'm not going to tell you quite yet. You're just going to come back and so with, so with that, that uh, uh, I'll see you, I'll you all, see you again, all again, again next Monday. Monday. Thanks very much, Chris.